This is a HeadGum Podcast. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. We watch Jesus Christ Superstar. We're going to talk about it today on Good Christian Fun. We did it, Consider the source. Hey. Consider the source. It's all about Jack and I. Everything. Consider the source. Wanna get in the bathtub? There's a reason erasers don't work in the park. Consider the source. They were very risque DMs. Uh, with someone who I was involved with in very much a sort of like um, kink-based relationship, if you will. Um, So a lot of shit was said that also most people don't relate to. It's kink, it's niche, it's fetish, right? So that's bad. Uh, And as, as if that wasn't bad enough... Think about this. You're having sex with someone and you say something to them in the heat of a moment when you're having sex. If someone else comes up to you and says, oh, my God, I heard you said this to that person. Like you said, out of the context, out of the heat of the moment, out of that safe place where it fucking sounds perfect to say it's a little perfect. (laughs) When did this happen? I'm sorry. Am I not supposed to? No, 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 no. you're supposed to to hop in right now. Okay, literally, when did that happen? Because I was just texting someone and being like, how does he address this? And I feel like I'm finding out that he said this right now. So was this- I'm finding out any of this even happened also. Was this tonight? Like when did he- This was a day or two ago. And okay. there is some question as to its authenticity. This is, of course, a voice memo sent privately by Army Hammer to someone via text defending his own weird DMs in which he says he's a cannibal and he wants to eat a woman right. uh, and eat her heart. And <laughs> he, feel wants like some of right now. <laughs> he wants to fuck her literal brain right, was, right, right, I right. think, one of the... Wow. Welcome to Good wow. Christian Fun. Yeah. I'm Kevin. <laughs> This is Christian Fun with Caroline and Kevin. <laughs> We're here to have good Christian fun. This is, of course, the podcast where we talk about Christian pop culture, movies, music, and entertainment made for and made by Christians, and from time to time, some out-of-control, horny celebrity DMs as well. <laughs> that, that is Christian culture, because Christian culture is judgmental, and we want to judge those DMs that were meant mm-hmm. for private consumption publicly, and public mm-hmm. shame is an integral part of evangelicalism. <laughs> You don't and need so, privacy if you have nothing to be ashamed of. You know, that's what I always think. That's right. So <laughs> it's it's there for the taking. And uh, of oh, course, that was a, a little gift for our guest who for whom I have a very close personal 
Army Hammer Bond uh, going back <laughs> almost a year ago now. An Arm and oh, Hammer. An Arm and Hammer Bond. Armand Hammer. <laughs> we're not here to make fun of you or to make you go to church. We're just here to have fun. Caroline, are you in a good mood tonight or a bad mood? Oh, yeah. Mood oh, I'm in a good mood, okay. I guess. Uh, yeah, I'm feeling it. I'm ready. I'm excited. How about you, Kevin? I'm good. I, w- I was going to ask because, uh, you know, we're not here to judge you, but are there any DMs that you would be afraid would ever leak? Hmm. That's an interesting question. Hmm. <laughs> Did DMs even so. exist when you started dating your your now husband? Yeah, I don't think so. That wasn't, a, uh, and it wasn't activity that I probably even would have engaged in at the time, TBH. Okay. But uh, I feel like <laughs> the only embarrassing DMs I would have are like, me asking advice from like a celebrity or something like that, yeah, like personal that advice, or yeah, or like telling someone where I found out like how to how to do eyeshadow, like how I learned. Basically, uh, those are um, sweet though. I, I know. know. I wish I had something more funny or more cool, juicy. but that's kind of where it's at. No, what about it's you, Kevin? Says. Talk about your DMs now. Let's yeah. go. I, I don't. I I my DMs as you always are closed. <laughs> closed. <laughs> your, DMs, your DMs are Paddington <laughs> level. There you DM. Pretty has much crossed yeah. Kevin's yeah. doorstep. I think yeah. that. That's true. Sure. There's nothing explicit in DMs. I will right. say. <laughs> My DMs got leaked in like a pre DMs landscape, oh. which is that um, my junior year of high school. I was hanging out with some of my senior friends in the senior lounge. And at the time I had a long distance boyfriend who I met, of course, at theater camp and <laughs> So we were like really sexting on our Motorola razors at the Yikes. time. And um, and one day when I was hanging out in the senior lounge with my friends, I left my phone just like in the lounge on accident. No. And I was like, oh no, like I got to find my phone. And I was like, does anyone know where my phone is? Because I went back and it wasn't there. Oh, and then my friend Russ gave me my phone back and with a look on his face that was like, I saw what you had been texting. Oh, no. And he never looked at me the same again. We talked a few times after that, but you could just tell that something had shifted radically <laughs> in his perception of me. Um, Russ wasn't ready. Yeah, and I was like a kinky high schooler for like, because <laughs> I had watched like too much Gossip Girl. And so especially oh, yeah. if you're like in a long distance relationship, you like are like, how do I spice it up? I was like trying to spice it up like I was a 45-year-old housewife. <laughs> yeah, like you lost the spice as if you weren't teenagers like at the time. I bought some aphrodisiacs. <laughs> the next time I meet him at the train station, I'll just be in a trench coat. <laughs> Yes. He texted you, I actually think uh, Hillary Clinton is the best candidate. And you said, okay, (laughs) do you want three or four HJs on the bus? Oh, no. That's so rude. I'm so upset your friends did that to you. It's not right. That's an invasion of privacy. It's so crazy. This is, I think, one of the meanest pranks you can do is like steal someone's phone or go into their DMs and start talking to the person that they like, like as if you're them, and then like fuck with it. I think that's so mean. Horrible. (laughs) Oh. Yeah. Uh Really freaks me out. (laughs) 
Yeah, Kevin. <laughs> to be clear, Kevin, I'm is that touch- your favorite pastime? Well, I I have taken over a few friends of mine's Bumble accounts in the past. I haven't done it in a couple of. But have you days. done it with their consent or yes. no? Yes, yes, yes. Always. Okay. Yeah, consent. doing it without the person's consent is more. No, funny. I would yeah, never. Yeah, yeah. I think that's so mean. So it's your consensual kink, and so you can't be shamed for it. Yeah, my CK. This is kind of your kink, basically. CK Louis consensual kink. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Now on that time to intro the guests friends and folks she is an actress you may know her from search party or bojack horseman everybody give it the hell up for natalie she's here she's here officially welcome the godmother of front-facing camera comedy has arrived on the scene Oh, turn that camera on its side and get Our a last guest made fun of us uh, dancing in the chair, and now I like can't do it. <laughs> yeah, right. So what else are you ah. supposed to do? Everyone's dancing in their cars. We're just doing what we do in our cars all the time. That's true. Wait, do you even drive, Natalie? <laughs> no, I don't have a license. Okay. I never got one. And I grew up in Virginia, so like, there's really no excuse. Wow. It's not like a New York thing. <laughs> yeah, I failed the permit test, and... Oh. uh I said, I'm not immediately good at this. No, thanks. <laughs> and then I was just like getting rides home from play practice from my friends. Oh, so I was like, hey, why don't we all hang out at my house today? Why don't we watch a Disney movie at Guys, my house? Bike brigade. Oh, Let's go. <laughs> I miss ride politics. So many things happen with like who took home who and who got a crush on who based on who was riding with who. I miss all of that now. You can't do that on the G train. I tell you that no. much. No. Oh, never. Unfortunately. And you can't do it Too now. Too unreliable. I know. It's very unreliable. <laughs> Natalie and I will always have a special bond because we basically spent, uh, you know, one of the last evenings of uh, before lockdown together. Oh, yeah. wow. Natalie and I saw maybe the last Broadway show we'll ever see in our lives. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Was this on your trip Army Hammer play called The Minute. Or it's a Tracy Letts play called The Minute. Oh, he was Army Hammer Army had Army written Hammer. the play The Minute. <gasps> <laughs> I will say, I mean. the That's where the blood shit came yeah, from. Yeah, I was about to end. say. The that was play Army's idea. With a bit of a kink uh, in some ways. <laughs> Are you serious? Can't wait for that to uh, reopen and for people to find um, out. They were all about. just like, spoiler alert, if you're going to go see The Minute. Or watch the uh, when, A24 adaptation. When it comes years. back in three years. Yeah. Uh, the play The Minutes ended when we saw it, because I think we saw it when it was still in previews. It never officially opened. Um, but it ended with the whole cast. It had been like a play about sort of parks and recian bureaucracy in a small town. And then all of a sudden at the end, they like started doing a tribal dance and like smeared blood they, across their they chest. They ripped their shirts off. Uh, they Tracy ripped their Lights shirts off, shirt off. Smearing blood. Okay, this was Army's idea. 100 percent. Yeah. Hey, like Tracy, <laughs> it's Army. Yeah, I like the script. One little thing. <laughs> <laughs> One little favor for Papa. <laughs> yep. And I loved Yikes. August Osage County and I like thought the cast was amazing when they announced the cast and it had come from Steppenwolf. And mm-hmm. so my uh, 
alma mater for acting school was like giving out free tickets to it. And so I was like, Kevin's in town. We can go see the new Tracy Let's Play, America's Dad from Lady Bird. Like, we, <laughs> let's go see it. This army hammer who's not problematic yet, I don't think. And I was like, this Just will be divorced. amazing. Yeah, this will be awesome. And Kevin and I went and like 20 minutes in, I was like, Kevin, I'm so <laughs> Oh no! I'm you knew twenty minutes so, in, like yeah. this is this is a good idea. Well, that, that's yeah. a beautiful bonding moment too. It's like going to a movie or any sort of performance with a friend of yours, where it's like you don't want to be a jerk who's not on the same page if they are into it or not right. into it, and you have an opposite reaction. Uh, right. So it's nice to be able to yeah share that and be like, yeah, we're in this together. It's fine. Yeah, as <laughs> Kevin as was like crying as long as you're at the sharing moment. It. <laughs> he yeah, turned over. Great. <laughs> That's the best part I think of live theater. Of like, if it's good, awesome. If it's bad, it's also hilarious and a good oh, time yeah. as well. So you can't I've pick had a wrong. blast at terrible shows. Oh, I would yeah. so I want to see like a terrible show or an amazing show, and anything in between is kind of a snooze. Yeah. Um, but as long as I'm getting a. $45 alcohol in a sippy cup. <laughs> yeah. So and a hastily eaten bag of M&Ms in my case. Yeah. yeah. Every time. Yeah. Uh-huh. I love it. So shouts out to the minutes. We look forward to going back there and seeing what they've rewritten slightly uh, when it opens in 2026. Yeah. Beautiful and they're stuff. really committing to like, it's still coming back. They keep being like, it's going to come back in three years. Like, <laughs> Like, know, right, the stage we'll stuff is so sad because what what was it was it right. the Hugh Jackman uh, Sutton Foster Music Man. Music Man never opened because oh it was right gosh before. that would have been something to see <laughs> I know and now they're saying that like they're still trying to find a way for it to come back at some point with Hugh Jackman and Sutton Foster's schedules but also the like entire speaking role principal cast that they had announced was white. So it's like, oh, you, you <laughs> kind of to shuffle uh, the deck a little got bit. Got a little time before the back. final to study a bit more. <laughs> the times they are a change in Scott Rudin. What <laughs> uh, if we did Music yeah. Man Jackman. as a Zoom call where he's like yeah. zooming into the town? <laughs> Do you guys cool. think Hugh Jackman's like a good musical actor? I think it depends on what he is in. Oh, okay. Um, I don't love him in Les Mis. Uh, yeah. I think he like is such a showman when he's but, wait, 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 wait. How good is he? The greatest showman. <laughs> the greatest showman. Um, he is though. He's a ham. Yeah, like 100%. He's very presentational. And so when he's and the, I mean, also a big thing that I didn't like about the Les Mis movie was how self-conscious it was about people breaking into song. Like it really seemed like they wanted us to think that they were just talking. And I was like, it's an opera. Like it's a, and it's like a bombastic opera. Yeah. Like you, you have to just like lean into it. And also Hugh Jackman, like even in Wolverine, like he's larger than life. And that's the whole thing of yeah. Hugh Jackman. And so when you're trying to have him like belt and look like Hugh Jackman and Bijan Valjean and your movie is pretending it's very gritty and like all in yeah, close up. You're just subtle. not doing him any favors. <laughs> Every role he's ever been in in a movie, I do remember him singing regardless of whether he did or not. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, yeah he sang as Wolverine, right? Like, yeah, yeah X-Men. X-Men's just a big musical. That's, that was a good that's analysis the I get. of his performance. I'd really remind Nat Natalie, if you ever want to, to go look up um, his one-man show that he did in Vegas. Or I think he <laughs> He traveled actually he toured with it 
And well, it it's is... one of my favorite episodes oh. of uh, the podcast Iconography that Iowa Debris and Olivia Craighead mm-hmm. co- they talked about host. that. They yeah, there's an episode. I think it's like one of the first episodes that was just the two of them, and they didn't have a guest. Um, they Olivia went to see one of those shows by herself because Io couldn't go with her. Oh my god. And Olivia got like really high and went to go see it. And she does an absolutely incredible breakdown of what the show was. Um, and okay, I, I can't, just well, I'm obsessed with iconography and also the shows. I can't believe I missed that. Thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, no, I'm it's like, it's very early on in the podcast. It's yes. so good. But also, yes. I will always have a soft spot for Hugh Jackman because he uh, was a regular at the restaurant that I worked at right out of college. And he was no always really nice. He was oh, always really? really, really nice when he came uh-huh. in. So yeah. don't, and also you feel check. bad now, Caroline. <laughs> yeah, I was a coat. I was a coat check girl, and when I would take off his coat, I would just get to sort of experience his body. Just slink them off those massive shoulders. Freaking wild. We had like a whole list of things in the system of like when he's working on a movie this is what he eats and tell Cedric the chef that he's working on a movie when he's not working on a movie this is what he likes to eat no way yeah oh my gosh if he's working on a movie then he just wants grilled chicken nothing on it blah 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 Um, of course yeah and the restaurant was in the bottom floor of his like very fancy apartment building where he has like two floors and once one of his kids like wandered into the restaurant and was like is my daddy here right now we were like (laughs) no so it's just his home this is just this is wealth inequality when Hugh Jackman is on a movie you're also providing child care so if this child happens to wander in handle it (laughs) yeah it was wild because it was like since it was in such a fancy building but like it was a Jean George restaurant, like under that umbrella. Um, so it was the restaurant was either people's like special occasion, like they wrote in the notes, like I'm proposing tonight, or it's our like 20th anniversary or something like that, or it was the people who lived in that building's like neighborhood dive bar, like their cafeteria. And they would just, yeah, and they, <laughs> they would just would like roll in in sweatpants and be like, "What's up." I'm here. I want like my calamari. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah. so fascinating. Wild. Oh, I'd love to check that out. I-, I like to hear that he was a nice man. That's that's good to hear. The greatest yeah. tipper. The greatest, the greatest tipper. tipper. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone really would fight to be in his section. This is the greatest tip. Well, Natalie, uh, we'd love to hear a little bit about your religious background, if you have any at all. Yeah. Your relationship um, with the Lord and how your walk is going today. <laughs> No, please don't laugh. That's not funny. No, no, it's not. No, but but my walk is straight into the ocean with many stones. (laughs) Um, I I saw two sets of footprints and one of them was pushing me further into the Atlantic. Yes. (laughs) Um, I did go to church uh, every Sunday growing up. Uh, I'm Episcopalian. Uh, Mm. my, My mom... Not because my mom is particularly religious, but she just uh, loves control and uh, yelling at people. Mm. Uh, She directed the Christmas pageant every year (laughs) at my church. And so it was just like always around doing the children's choir stuff. She also would do like we did the we did talent shows at our church, like church-wide, not just the kids for, for Fat Tuesday. Church-wide. Oh, <laughs> church-wide. Yeah. Man. And my, and so one of my first experiences with musical theater was that my mom had all the children's choir do excerpts from Annie 
for okay. the Fat Tuesday talent show. <laughs> oh, that was for Christmas. <laughs> she wanted to be Miss Hannigan. And she cast my little sister as Annie. And I was just one of the orphans that doesn't do anything. Hmm. Even though by this point, like I did want to sing. I did love acting. But my sister was just much (laughs) smaller than I was and much cuter than I was. And so my mom was just like, well, Nancy is going to be Annie. And then Nancy is like freaking standing on a chair and is just like, two more tomorrow like she doesn't want to be there at all and then I'm like pushing a chair and I'm like don't it feel like a is always howling (laughs) I've never heard of a church pageant where it's just a Broadway review right well this wasn't the pageant this was was the talent for the the it was just for the talent show which was usually like because it was around Mardi Gras was like people getting (laughs) wasted and having our like pancake supper and Whatever, but Wait, the does Christmas this pageants awesome? were. <laughs> yeah, Wait, this so is my just... church experience was like pretty fun for a while yeah. until Great. our priests like became really obsessed with uh, espousing Anime. homophobic rhetoric. Oh, I see. That oh, was gosh. like huge. That was like a splitting. There became like factions in our church because it was just like it wasn't as much of an issue early on in in the culture at large so like he didn't really talk about it and then all of a sudden as gay people started like gaining prominence more and mm-hmm. more and like will and grace was on tv or whatever oh gosh um, yeah he really started talking about it more and more and people in the church were like oh i what? i am not having a good time <laughs> wow. so, but luckily that was like right around i feel like i was like 12 and i had always sort of just gone along with the vibe of church because I liked singing. I liked the hymns. I liked doing the pageant most of the time when my sister and I weren't like screaming at each other in rehearsal for it. Um, (laughs) But that, but like growing, I remember like going up to the priest after church one day and being like, so when, so we're Adam and Eve, like riding dinosaurs or when were the Because dino- it says the dino, I'm hearing that the dinosaurs were around a while before, but then that part isn't in it. I'm and hearing, he, like, there's rumors he, swirling. Yeah, there's, <laughs> I'm hearing reports um, in my earpiece. Yeah, and he just didn't have uh, enough good answers for me. He just sort of was like, well, God says. Did you know like, that being gay is a sin? Yeah. Did you know that my beliefs are as old as a dinosaur? <laughs> <laughs> well, if the dinosaurs are straight, yes. <laughs> like we're there. <laughs> Wait, That's yeah. wild. But that would be an incredible defense of dinosaur extinction is because they didn't respect the the sacred <laughs> the bond of marriage. Or they respected it too man much. And woman. And so they weren't boning. One man dino, one woman yet. dino. <laughs> too many gay dinosaurs, and that's why they got wiped the fuck Jurassic out. World 3 what? <laughs> I hear a rewrite coming. Gay Don't you want to see a scene of Laura Dern affirming a gay dinosaur couple in the park? <laughs> like performing their wedding. Yeah. Something I feel like she's done already. Yeah. Yeah. Love, love dino. And it's funny too, because the Episcopalian church is is historical or not historically, but at least in the last 20 years, pretty progressive. They affirm openly gay yeah. bishops. The Anglican church censured them for their homosexual, yeah. uh, the homosexual, their queer, their views on the queer community and affirming yes. them. So, this, yeah, so, so your guy was, was an outlier. We, yeah, we got very much an outlier, outlier Father Huey. Um, there was also uh, another 
Father Huey, just to confirm, Father Huey, and then Brother Dewey, and then Archbishop <laughs> Louie as well. There was another scandal in our church, which is that um, the, the guy who was in charge of acolytes, do you guys talk about acolytes no. on the show? What is no, that? that wasn't like a mainline evangelical thing to do. Okay, that's fair. Yes. So in uh, garbage... <laughs> Episcopalian church there's this thing <laughs> called acolytes where um it's like what you do as part of like the youth contingent of the church is like you'll follow the the priest in with uh, like candles like big candles mm. and I forget what the other jobs were there were like <laughs> candle bearers there were like yeah. people that carried the the blood and the body behind and you, and you're sitting up in front of the church the whole time when you're an acolyte. You're sitting like with the priest and the other like big church people. Yes. Um, and so you have to like sit there and really be respectful. And so like it's a big responsibility if you're a youth in the church. It's like they're saying like we believe in you to not sit up there and like pick your nose oh or gosh. whatever. I want this job already. I want yeah. it and exclusivity. Um, <laughs> And so the guy that was in charge of the acolytes at my church, uh, we found out like four years after we left the church, absolutely got arrested for child pornography. Ooh, <laughs> absolutely. Ain't that the um, way it always ain't goes. Ain't that the way it always I goes. I am yeah. so sorry. That is horrendous. Oh, yeah. No, nothing ever happened to me because I, I was not uh, – Quiet his enough. Target. Uh, <laughs> was, uh, was not in his uh, purview of interest. So he, but, w- he um, was in possession of child pornography or he was. Yeah, they found in- it all over his computer. Yeah. It was like, I guess, part of some sting where they were finding people. Um, and so it was like all on his computer. Whoa. But a really wild. Him out. Yeah, really wild time. And he was most notorious to all of us because every Christmas service he would get up before the before the congregation and he would do the longest pre-christmas spiel in the world that was basically like a long seasons of love where he would be he would say the amount of time that it had been since the first christmas so he would how do you measure measure how do you measure yes and it was so slow and drawn out like and it was just all numbers mm-hmm. and it was like the most all boring numbers. thing in the world like, we're, like we are here yeah. to sing we're here to get like you said spice it up to feel the feel the joy of the season absolutely and i oh, just my sister brutal. and i would be like we want to go home and have christmas <laughs> We want to go home. We want to get to the part where we're doing Silent Night acapella, and this yeah. will never uh, end. So the service can't even start. Yes, Chill. but oh, first, the, an infographic. This dumbass. Yes. <laughs> this evil yes. person. God. We. So I feel like you were about to say that you were starting to feel some questions that maybe didn't align with like some scientific things you were learning. Um, but did you still stick it out with the church? Were, were you like big into, you know, like the spiritual faith parts of the church, or or like? more excited about the pageantry and stuff as you mentioned i was always more excited about the pageantry i Mm -hmm. do of course (laughs) have to be upfront and honest i love the pageantry i also love that we took trips to shrinemont every year which is this like it's this resort in like the middle of nowhere like almost west virginia i think i don't know geography but that felt like where it was because it was like a two and a half hour drive uh-huh. and then it was just like in the woods Ooh. and it was this like sort of rickety almost the shining type 
resort. Whoa. But I like didn't think it was scary. It was just like so cool because also they would like have the youth congregation classes and then we would get out of our classes and we'd just be able to sort of like run amok. Oh my gosh. Um, out on the like out in the fields. And that was where I had my first kiss at Shrine Mod. Hey. And so big, uh, big time. A guy beautiful. named Sean. Um don't know where he is now. Wait, how how old was your first you, kiss? Sean. Can I ask that? Uh I was Twelve. Twelve. Yeah. That's so special. Oh, wow. Yeah. And a beautiful setting, too. Yeah. Gorgeous setting. Shrine Ma in Ork- Orkney Springs, Virginia is where it's located. Yes. It Orkney Springs. That sounds right. Forest. Yeah. Dang. First kiss in Orkney. Beautiful. First kiss in Orkney. Oh, gracious. And then and then Sean Kish and you were like, wait, this rocks. I'm leaving the church. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I said, wow. Yeah, I need to leave because now I'm trying to get fucked. This um, is heaven. <laughs> Whoa. Gotta go. Um, no, it was like the church really started splitting off then. And my mom like wasn't as engaged in the church because my mom found an outlet in coaching softball. So my mom then just oh, Okay, like, so she started... found where she could be involved. <laughs> exactly. And use her challenge. She, she was much more interested in athletics than performing arts um and this has been a constant battle ever now i want to see the plays of her like okay team one you're orphans focus up you want a parent you stand on a chair um yeah so it just sort of fizzled out it was never like a dramatic like Mm. we're leaving but it was just like okay, the vibe is getting bad. And so we're going to go. And my dad was never religious at all. And so my dad was like happy to not be dragged to church with us on Sundays anymore. Oh, nice. Um, Yeah. yeah, So, but I did, I did go to an Episcopal high school as well. And so we had like chapel every Wednesday, but even then it was like, chapel was much more about like be kind to one another and mm. the sermon at yeah, chapel like Ellen. would be yeah <laughs> wait your chaplain Ellen, was ellen right yeah ellen was our chaplain we actually like, did have we did have a lesbian chaplain which was really cool cool and she taught really fun classes because you had to have um enough classes or credits to fulfill a, re- a religious requirement mm. um and she taught classes that were Jesus in pop culture and Christian themes in film. And so cool. I took those classes with her and she was awesome. And I was like, this rocks. Like I like at least dissecting this, even if I'm not really religious, I think it's religious imagery is so fascinating. And there's a reason that these stories get repurposed in so many ways. And, and mm-hmm. so I really enjoyed that aspect of it. And in the chapel, element like because it wasn't super religious it was mostly just about like be a better person like develop a sense of community which are the things that I think are good about religion oh yeah um and so yeah so I didn't mind still being in sort of a spiritual place in in high school and then in college, my longtime boyfriend was Jewish, and I started like straight up celebrating Jewish holidays. <laughs> so I was like, Converted "Yeah!" Real quick. <laughs> Converted real quick, but yeah, Some good pageantry in there. And too. now, yeah, and then we broke up, and now I'm just sort of like, well, uh, "Okay, <laughs> I don't know why." I don't worship, know where I stand. <laughs> you worship at the altar of 
Rogers and Hammerstein. Oh, and Daddy Sondheim. Warbucks. <laughs> perhaps. <laughs> yeah. It's so cool because like your Weber education, I mean, aside from your kind of bad priest in your old old church and everything, seemed pretty like moderate and positive and yeah. not super hardcore of like, you must know the Bible front and back and obey it to the letter all the time, which was right. I think how I thought religion was for a long time, you know? So it's right. nice to hear of like your experience and, and these other people that were trying something a little bit, I don't know, different, lighter. Yeah. If church was a nice lesbian telling me to be nice to people and watching movies, then I would have kept going more, I think. I could have yeah. used that education for this show, personally. Yes. <laughs> it awesome. was awesome. It was also um, like three years after I graduated college, um, I had just quit my job at the restaurant that I was talking about. And I had also just uh quit a job as a tmz tour guide which was the worst w really the most demoralizing job that i've ever had really and i felt so hor well because like it's hideous what they make you do and they discontinued it in new york like right after i quit thank god um but it it's Wait, what awful. Did they make it you was, do? What was one of the stops? Um, yeah, let's talk about it. Oh, yeah. The worst stop. I'll tell you what the worst stop was that really made me like go outside my body. This is where I learned to dissociate was doing this tour. Um, <laughs> For TMZ. I, oh. <laughs> I had to, I, I had to uh, stop. We had one like bathroom break stop on like a three and a half hour tour in Soho. And the bus would stop in Soho and I would show a video that was like, we're right across the street from where Heath Ledger was no. found dead. And because it was like the story that like sort of made TMZ because oh like Harvey God. found out first or something. And so I had to let people out and be, and so I would play that video when the bus stopped and then I would let people out and I would go, and now like we're here in Soho and you've got 10 minutes to go to the Dash store, just one block down. The Dash the store? Yeah, literally. <laughs> Literally Heath Ledger's death into Dash Store. And, and I was just like, going oh, number one or I, number two. I am emblematic of absolutely everything that is wrong with society. And it's <laughs> slowly killing me. Oh and and all of the like videos that we had to play on the tour were so misogynistic and awful. Mm. And yeah, it was just such a bummer of a time. And all the people that took the TMZ tour were predictably awful and didn't tip anywhere near well enough to make it worth it to abandon my integrity and ethics. Um, and so I, I had quit that job, but I also was like, I don't know what I'm doing next. I don't know if I am talented anymore because I have not like done anything creative in so long. And just then my a uh, chaplain from high school like sent me a message and was like, hi, I know we haven't talked in a bit, but I am in New York. I'm doing a guest sermon at this church. And if you wanted to come, I think that it would be great to see you. And I went to church for the first time since 
chapel in high school, but like real church for the first time since middle school. And I just like sat there and I cried, like before she even came out, I just cried the entire time just to like be in a room of people all like ostensibly trying to be better and kinder yeah. uh, in the world. It was like really, really huge for me. Oh, so. yeah. Especially coming off the bus of filth that you had oh, to ride around yes, <laughs> all yes. every day. Oh, absolutely. Wow. <laughs> That's special. That's beautiful, though. Okay. So it sounds like, yeah, not a hostility, not a bad taste in your mouth. Just uh, a sweater you don't wear anymore. A cardigan yeah. underneath your, yeah. your bed or something. And maybe mm-hmm. you pick it up again from time to time when it gets a little cold outside. Yeah. Maybe. Have you had any temptation to dip into the temptation. religious arts once again, like in your adulthood recently at all? Um, Like every now and then when I start thinking about death mm. really uh, <laughs> intensely at night. I mean, like mostly since quarantine, now that there's like nothing else to occupy my thoughts really as, mm-hmm. as much as there was before. There's a lot of like at 3.30 a.m. I will suddenly like sit upright and be like, what happens when we die? And what if it is the hell thing? And I have fucked myself over and I'm in absolute (laughs) hell forever. (laughs) Oh gosh. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of that type of stuff. That's something that recurs for me to specific, not heaven, but specifically hell of like, Ooh, what if hell's real? I do. I thought that today for a second, I think. That's crazy. But yeah, I guess that recurs sometimes. I know we're thinking about death now. It's okay. It's It's a vulnerable moment. Yeah, I good. sometimes wake up at 3 a.m. and I just sit here and I realize like we're just unconscious sleeping in this room. You could kill me so easy right now. Like we are, and we do this every day. We all just lay down in a dark bedroom and pass out for hours. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> and ever ever since I got a dog, I think about the humans can lick too. Urban legend all the time, which is the scariest thing in the world what to is me. That? Oh, have you not? Okay, it's the one where like this girl has a dog, and every night, every night, like in the middle of the night, she she always like falls asleep with her arm like off the thing. I don't know this. And her and her dog, her dog will come over and like lick her hand in the middle of the night, and that's how she knows like her dog is okay. And then of course, like there's a night where she's home alone with her dog and like there's a thing on the TV that's like there's a mad murderer that's out there and she's like whoa spooky stuff and she goes to sleep and she's like kind of nervous because of the scary murderer that was on the TV and she she like feels her dog lick her hand in the middle of the night and she's like okay like everything is okay I'm gonna wake up tomorrow everything's fine and then she hears this like dripping noise from her bathroom she's like what's that And so she goes into the bathroom and her dog is like hanging from the shower rod. Like its insides have been like flayed and on the mirror is written in the dog's blood, humans can lick too. (laughs) And if I think about this urban legend too long when I'm home alone, I will literally start crying it makes me so scared and so that's the only thing about having a dog now that like really freaks me out in the middle of the (laughs) night is that i'm like what if that warm feeling that i'm feeling is a murdering man man. farewell listeners detail of the the dog hanging from the shower curtain has always escaped me before that's a fresh one so thank you for that one yeah oh that's like a hannibal-esque death that is some trash yeah. Well, yeah. So these are the kinds of things that church is for. 
Yeah, like you wouldn't to think those thoughts if you went yeah. to church still, Natalie. Like we're selling, okay. her. we're trying to get her to <laughs> you church. Feel comfort. <laughs> have you heard of Hillsong? It's really cool, and they have one in New York. They welcome everybody. They really. welcome everyone, do, and they'll fuck you. <laughs> I do know, like people that bought into the the Hillsong stuff. Like, it not have they haven't been as intense about posting about it, like since the sort of disgrace of it. But I do very vividly remember seeing stuff like two years ago of like musical theater people. There were like random musical theater, super Christian people that would be like, Hillsong is my amazing community at Hillsong. But it was always like really hot chorus girls that could like mm-hmm. kick their face and then would be like, I'm here at Hillsong living. It's crazy how quickly I was accepted. I don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't you know how that works. Here. Everyone's so nice. Oh, yep. goodness. Okay. Well, yeah. Maybe when things open up back again, we'll all go to church together. We'll, we'll have a little reunion on the anniversary whenever it was that we saw that play that we saw the minutes at the the beginning of march i want to yeah it was like march six or something it was real the minutes was church it was church (laughs) the minutes was hillsong it was experience yeah yeah. and it turns out army was carl lentz in a lot of ways (laughs) (laughs) the disgraced pastor on the eve of lockdown and before the one for one hammer virus infected the nation (laughs) and we live in these conditions now (laughs) Well, Natalie, thanks for sharing your story, pal, and taking yes. us through your pretty easy, positive experiences. Yeah, that what a nice. goodie. Yeah. No trauma here. <laughs> well, it's just some stuff. It's yeah, almost yeah. like, yeah, it's almost like being like a white woman that has dated men, like made my life easier in a lot of ways. I don't know. Just kind of like cruise on by. Uh, Well, on that positive thought, let's take a break and we'll be right back with more Good Christian Fun. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back to Good Christian Fun. It's time to dive into this little movie. Come on, let's go. By the way, what was your experience with like Christian? You talked about you like the hymns in, in your Episcopal church. Did you listen to anything, like anything even adjacent to Christian popular culture, any of that I music really, or anything besides I this really show didn't about listen to, about? to um, like Christian stuff, except I did listen to Stacey Orico's There's Gotta Be More to Life. Oh, yeah. Which well, yeah, was you're very a much person of that. Heart. Yeah, it was just very much of that human, of that right? ilk. But really, like no popular Christian music other than that for me. But I did really like the hymns of just like, oh, 
Because my favorite thing would be every Sunday, I would be like, I'm going to figure out a weird harmony to do during this one. And then that would be like a fun little game for me to play. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, you're my favorite girl in the church who finds creative (laughs) harmonies. And I hear it. Always holding down an alto line or a just can't. There's this very old book by Diedrich Bonhoeffer, the guy that like tried to kill Hitler Ooh. and then was like martyred in prison or something. Like he was an old theologian, but he talked about it was called Life Together and it was about living in community. And he said specifically, like, oh, here's some basically, here's my wisdom, here's how you should, you know, be in a community with other like minded believers. And it was mostly like kindness and compassion stuff. But then one of <laughs> the thing I remember from the book is like he said, when singing, always do it in unison. If you use <laughs> harmonies, it's so distracting. No. Please sing in Never. I want to distract. Quibble. I want everybody yeah. to look at me and go, who's doing something different? Is it Natalie? And I go, yes, it's me. You should even find wow. that line. I mean, I, but also like, I can't transcend oh if there's not going to be a harmony on this hymn, you know? Right. We're all singing the melody. Like, no, thanks. Like Gal Gadot's yeah, Imagine I video, to. you can't transcend. Imagine you simply must transcend. Yeah. You must. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> but Jesus Christ, superstar. You know, we uh, we yeah, we talked about a few other Christian adjacent musicals we could. Uh, like, yes, you listen to Children. Yes, of Eden, right? my, uh, heard that before. Stranger to the Rain so was one of my audition songs okay. for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When in my teen years, I would really do a daughter of the race. <laughs> Jeremy <laughs> Dean is this uh, Stephen Schwartz musical. He's the guy who wrote uh, Pippin and Wicked. It, oh, okay. It's a musical basically of the Old Testament, a lot of Genesis and Exodus. And uh, and it, it never made it to Broadway. The only original cast no. recording is an off-Broadway. And it's not available on streaming. You can't find it anywhere. That's so wild. Which is a little Yeah, upsetting. I was, I really, I loved that musical. I loved the original recording which i think is from paper mill playhouse okay production and then they did a concert version of it as like a benefit concert for the actors fund on world aids day i want to say and it had like an all-star cast and that's the one that i'm most familiar with i had a bootleg of it because it starred a lot of my favorite people Dang. so it was like norm lewis was god um Julia Murney was Eve and Mama Noah, and Julia Murney's Spark of Creation was freaking yeah, revelatory. Yeah. To- <laughs> 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 um, Darius Sahaz doing Lost in the Wilderness is just the best thing in the world. Lost in the Wilderness is a song that that Kane sings yeah. that is just like oh, wow. lost in the wilderness insane. fucks actually lost that in the wilderness is, really does fuck cool. and that's how like straight musical theater tenors will like try to let you know yes. that they fuck is by doing lost in the wilderness and when it's their moment and when it's good it's good oh and Caroline yeah. Stephen Schwartz also wrote the music for Prince of Egypt so it's very oh, adjacent to that wow. Okay. As well. And, and he wrote Godspell. Speaking my language. And Godspell, he just, yes. He just keeps going he back. a lot of religious music. Yeah. Is he a Christian man or is he just like the themes work for him or something? I don't know. Like it it's seems, odd to write that many like, biblical yeah. musicals, right? He might, I feel like Stephen, like he, it sounds like he might be Jewish. Jewish, is yeah. Is that anti-Semitic that think about to be like, his last name is Schwartz, he must be Jewish. <laughs> yeah. But, um, uh-huh. Yeah, but again, that just goes to show if he is Jewish that it's just like 
Christian themes, biblical themes pop up in storytelling all the time. They're really they're really meaty and good. Yeah. They are. Yeah. I like Shakespearean. There's stories. ways in which Cats is a Christian musical, you know? If no, you think so, about absolutely. It. Freaking the, ascending. The uh where they go, the great <laughs> not the great hereafter. What the hell is it called? The other oh, side. Oh, the the heavy side layer. The heavy, the side, heavy side layer. layer. Was that not heaven? <laughs> what is the Jennifer Hudson cat if not Mary? You know, Mary Magdalene. Yeah. Mm, wow, Absolutely. Yeah. What is the Taylor Swift cat if not uh Jezebel? Jezebel. Jezebel. Yeah. <laughs> Bathsheba? The only one with kitty. Yes. Cat, I know. Maybe less uh pla- uh anyway, yeah. Oh yeah, cats rowdy screenings. Miss those, but but we're talking Do about. Do you, Kevin? <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> hey, Natalie hosted one in New York. I did host one. Yeah, I did. At it the was Alamo a blast. Draft House. It was a blast. It was a blast. It was the last movie that I saw in a theater. That oh, is poetry. That was that rowdy screening. Oh, really, way to an go out. An incredible night. <laughs> Natalie, you have a personal <laughs> connection to the musical Jesus Christ Superstar. What is your connection to it? My personal connection to Jesus Christ Superstar is that I did it at theater camp and I met one of my dearest, dearest friends in the world doing it, Larry Owens, Mm -hmm. and I did Jesus Christ Superstar at Stage Door Manor in 2007. And uh, we were uh, Simone Zealots, me, and Larry was Judas. And wow. I like overheard Larry's audition that year and I like ran into the room and was just like, who are you? I love you. Like, please be my friend. And then we were in the same show and I got to listen to him sing that score all the time. And even at like 15, he was unreal. And now Kevin has a Oh my God. How do you have this photo? A photo of us. Wait, is that you, Natalie? Yeah, that's me. I'm the ghost. Mr. (laughs) Washed out there. This is so cute. Oh my gosh, you were were drawn to this friend by talent. Yeah, and he, he was unreal. And my family came and saw it and then became obsessed with him. And then also Larry, we found out in our first conversation, like lived in Virginia as well and went to the same high school that my sister was about to start at. And so then like he took her under his wing at high school. And so like my whole family adores Larry. My dad will send in things to Larry's alma mater. Like that's his son. My dad will be like, here's the show that Larry is starring in right now (laughs) that your alum Larry is doing. Make sure to put it in the newsletter. Larry's back at it again. Exactly. So truly like absolutely beloved, beloved by the Walker family. United Um, by Christ, a friend closer than a brother, Larry Owens. Absolutely. Oh, well, shouts out to him. And you said he was like a teenager at the time? Yeah. Yeah, we were both. Yeah, we were like, I was 16. He was 15. Okay, that's amazing. I mean, to play Judas at 15, like that is a hard, hard, hard role (laughs) to do. Like so many of the songs, like where even is the melody? Like it's just a jumble of notes. You got to figure it out. The pathos that so many of the like classic musical theater roles require that are then played by children in middle school and high school. (laughs) And that was like, that's really the fun of, any like video from stage door is that it's like us doing Sondheim at 15 and really thinking like you can see on our faces that we think we are nailing every nuance of it. 
yeah. like that emotional. I have a video of me and Sweeney Todd, and I just like clearly want to fuck Sweeney so badly, and I like <laughs> really think I'm like playing it so cool and collected. Wait, were you Mrs. Lovett or were you yeah. Joanne? Okay, you were Mrs. Lovett, and all through a little priest, I'm like. I'm like basically giving a handy to my rolling pin the entire time. Like I'm oh so God. not subtle. And you're about like, yeah, it. adult women. This is how we are. This, this is, is how, how we behave. are. We're all this open. We know what he wants. I won't repent for cast- my sexuality as a 15 year old. Yeah, I'm like cast cast me at 15 as Samantha. Now I'm like, I don't. Yeah. God, sex sounds exhausting. And but at 15, I was like, scary. Please. <laughs> Gracious, does any recording of this exist of you in this role is there a video is there in jesus christ superstar yeah it does i don't have it here it's at home in virginia but it absolutely does exist um and it's very funny because the we put the shows up in like two and a half weeks oh wow and so the music directors like don't really have time to transpose music and stuff so they just sort of were like here the key Natalie, is the like, key yeah you're the key is the key you're playing a male role sort of figure it out and so it's really funny because like part of the time i'm like trying to like scream it through my nose up the octave and then i'll randomly like jump down and be like <laughs> keep them yelling that devotion <laughs> <laughs> But like it starts and I'm like, Christ, what more do you (laughs) I mean, literally the range. She has it. It sounds like this performance did did transcend. Yeah. Wait, also another reason that this performance transcended, another member of the cast, a very young Beanie Feldstein. What the? No way. Oh my God. Beanie Feldstein was an apostle in that show and is such a little angel, was then, is now like came to see Larry, Larry and I did a production of Cabaret, like at a very, very small theater off, off, off Broadway, like three years ago. And Beanie was like in the middle of rehearsals for Hello Dolly then. And she still like came out in the midst of her tech week for Hello Dolly to come see it. And was just like, I like, I want to come see you guys and everything. She's an angel. What She's perfect. Wow. She deserves everything. She deserves everything in the world. I didn't I even know her. she was a singer, musical theater person. Oh, honey. Oh, yeah. Merrily, She's we roll along. Voice. In 40 years, you're going to be blown away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. yeah. Wait, in Hello, Dolly, they're doing that? She Ooh, did it. They did a revival of it in 2016. Oh, okay. This with... was in a movie. No, but the, Merrily, okay. We Roll Along is a Richard right. Linklater movie that her and Ben Platt are filming now, starting now, and it's going to continue for the next 28 years. And they're going <laughs> to yeah. film it for real over 28 years. They're doing it fully. Yeah. yeah, they're doing it fully boyhood style where yeah, like it is going to be those people. There's not going to be like aging technology or de-aging technology. Whoa. They're just going to follow those actors. Which, you know, is a gamble when one of them has already been semi-canceled for uh, domestic abuse. Okay. Wait. Which one was that? Well, Blake Jenner. <laughs> oh, he's in it. He's in it. He's okay. Franklin Shepard. Oh, well, maybe we CGI him out. Yeah. <laughs> You've got so much time. Why he's not just early replace him? Also, but I guess... They've already been filming it, so. If you're Richard Linklater, who's 60 years old, you are placing a bet on yourself. Yeah, that's true. Like, I'll finish this, like, maybe. Uh, teach yeah. going on a run Pro. every other day, yeah. sir. <laughs> keeping, the, keeping yourself in tip-top shape. Good <laughs> Lord. 
Ah, well, let's hope director. Mr. Murphy does ride by her in American Crime Story when she'll play Miss Monica Lewinsky. Monica Lewinsky. Gracious. I'm so excited for her. That's yeah. going to be, she's going to be fantastic. Beanie is going to play Monica Lewinsky? Yeah, man. Yes. Oh, that's a good Could one. Be that's a good cast. Jesus Christ Superstar. The, the only one I'd seen all the way through was the John Legend one two years ago. Yeah. Three years ago. Yeah, Gracious. same. Yeah, but uh, so we watched the 1973 movie version, which included two guys from the original Broadway cast, which is Carl Anderson and Ted Neely. Is it Ted Neely? Yes. Yes. Who I think, uh, what's his name? Anderson was an understudy for the original Judas, but then he took over for the movie. Did, Rightly so. Did the? I mean, he's. I don't mean to be like dumb or just like internet speak, but he is very hot in this movie. Yes, like Carl, Carl Anderson? Anderson as Judas. One- thousand percent and it's a very modern like it was almost Lakeith Stanfeld vibes in some of the like just in terms of his magnetism and he's so effortless in it that it's like it's sort of the the antithesis of like what I was saying about Hugh Jackman where you're like so aware that he's like (laughs) singing and acting at the same time and Carl Anderson you can just like there's a difference between someone who is an actor that like can sing and has a good voice, yeah. but it's not like their natural way of communicating. And then Carl mm. Anderson is like clearly this person who like music is like pouring out of his spirit. Yeah. And so it like doesn't read like, oh, he's singing and he's trying to act through the song. It's just like, no, this is how he's communicating. And it's so effortless. The sounds that are coming out of his mouth, especially like knowing how difficult that music is for that character and the effortlessness and ease he has with all of it. It's just like, that's truly, I think that's like in my top five of like, musical movie musical performances of all time i just think it's like a master class from him yeah it feels so modern and then jesus by comparison neely i will say between this one and <laughs> your then- face went <laughs> I did a head cock to the side. There's this one, and then John Legend's Jesus. I kind of felt the same way because John Legend still looks like he's 11 years old. Where it's like, yeah. is is the idea, or I guess at least in these two versions I've seen, is that Jesus is just like a passive, uh, aesthetically like a twink, <laughs> like right? Just like no, a small wispy it, thing that stuff happens. I call him to. Short King of Kings. Short King yes. of Kings. Was that <laughs> I think it I think it's sort of is but I also think it's like Judas's songs are better and also I think like from the get-go because this show originated in in the early 70s I think there was still like a fear about casting anyone like who didn't look like the like white Aryan Jesus mm-hmm. that yeah the historically accurate Jesus for, yeah <laughs> the historically accurate. yeah I think like and so I think for a long time initially like the Jesus that we were supposed to see was the like little twink Aryan boy mm-hmm. and so the Jesus that we're used to seeing is really passive and just sort of can hit the high notes but let stuff happen to him and then I feel like John Legend because he's not an actor really was sort of hindered by that mm-hmm. so that judas is like we want to watch villains always and then judas is like 
quote unquote villainous act, especially in the lens of Jesus Christ Superstar, you're like, oh, I get why he's yeah. doing this. Yeah. So it's like, like Judas is the hero it. of the story. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was wild. I saw a production of Jesus Christ Superstar like two years ago at um, an opera house in Chicago because my friend was playing Jesus. And it, uh, like he is biracial and he's like a brilliant actor and musician. And like during Gethsemane, he played guitar for himself and was like doing stratospheric vocals and he's like incredibly gifted. And it was so bizarre to see that show with a Jesus that was as commanding of the stage and as mm. compelling as Judas, because it's just not what the show has ever been. Yeah. I think so like how did, take how did that like change that, the story that he was actually like had a personality and like some dynamic stuff going on? Yeah, it was like it, it made it much harder to watch the betrayal, which I think helped the show. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah. And you also understood more why everyone was flocking to him. I mean, also, it's, it's helpful that he Saunders, who who is my friend that did it, he's like six foot three like gorgeous you're like oh i understand why everyone is flocking around this person and is yeah. waiting with bated breath for everything they have to say yeah. and sing um, because yeah, in this movie, it was it really just, exciting it, it reads like kind of creepy and like kind of almost a little pathetic like how much people dote on this jesus who yes is whiny basically and like yeah i could call things out but it's mostly just talking about how like no one pays attention to me <laughs> no one even really likes me that much <laughs> you guys are fake friends and then they all have to like deal with that but yeah having a commanding jesus who actually like you do feel drawn to him or you would want to help him versus yes. just like, no, I, I can't wait for Judas to please kiss him soon because I'd like him right. to be done with. Yeah, And stuff like the Last Supper became so thrilling. Like when you have mm. a Jesus and Judas who are equally, equally powerful charismatic. Yeah. Yes. and they're yeah. just like screaming at each other, like that's thrilling. That's yeah. thrilling. Yeah. That's theater to me. That's a good point. Theater, baby. Cinema. Change everything. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, even so, like, it was still good. Like, this movie was still compelling. And the Jesus, uh, yeah, he's singing his his damn heart out. And it's yes. amazing. But yeah, but the, the acting isn't, like, there. He's one of those rare singers who's better when he's screaming. Where it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. I <laughs> oh, there's there's a spark in there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I feel, I feel like the, the sort of uh, real indicator of, like, maybe Norman Jewison not having a lot of faith in his acting skill is in Gethsemane when it straight up cuts to random shots oh, of Renaissance of, the paintings, paintings yes. of Jesus. Oh, yeah, and I was yeah. like, you didn't trust him to like yeah, to make convey the suffering. This. Yeah, you're like, oh no, we gotta show Jesus crying in painting and That's sculpture. such a good point, you're right. Yeah. Norm, yeah, it's me, your editor. We do. don't Norm. have it. We don't have the shots. Yeah. Can yeah. I try something? Yeah, go ahead. I'll take whatever. <laughs> Also, too, yes, this aesthetic of kind of the wispy, passive Jesus and the charisma level being where it's at, it does create, I think, also with the, obviously, because this is 1973, the musical came out in 1970. How old was Andrew Lloyd Webber when he wrote it? Like 12? He was like 22 Yeah, he was like 21. Yeah, he was like 21, 22. I don't have tweets I'm proud of that I wrote when I'm 21 years old to say. Right. Winning. Shut up. It's insane. I mean, this is like, this is Andrew Lloyd Webber's best score to me. Like, it's literally to the idea that like- Not Love Never Dies? 
It's not love never dies, just to be clear. <laughs> I do love love never dies in yeah. the same way that I love Serenity 2019. Okay. Um, <laughs> like, the rules. Uh, the rules. I am the rules. You are the rules. Uh, Beggar Dill. Uh, <laughs> um but yeah this score is unbelievable and the fact that he wrote it at 21 22 is absolutely mind-boggling painful but i think also because of the the 70s aesthetic and the way jesus is in this movie it does remind Mm -hmm. you of cult stuff and it does kind of the like what you were saying caroline of like wait why are people magnetized to him it's like watching keith ranieri command yeah. a crowd of people where it's like oh, i guess sure mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. and the sort of um because i know there are productions where it is a little more explicit but like the core of it being you don't see jesus do anything you don't see him right do a miracle yeah, he heal or anybody. talk to god or heal anybody so or the whole sermon qu- really yeah but but just in the sense of like the whole question of like wait is this god is this the messiah and it's like well, yeah maybe not like that is such no an and i think that's and I think that's the fun thing about Herod's song is that like, I feel like Herod almost served, like we know Herod as a villain in the story of mm-hmm. of Jesus and the crucifixion. But the idea of like Herod is also like every producer that's like, why don't we see Jesus do a miracle? Like the fact that Herod comes out and is like, prove to me that you're the guy, yeah. like do a cool thing. You haven't been doing any cool fucking things. <laughs> yeah. Like the idea that Herod is like us being like, I mean, Jesus hasn't done anything cool this whole time. Like, yeah. Herod is my dream role in this show. I want to play Herod someday as like a Xanax, like pill popping Chardonnay oh my gosh. mom so badly. That would oh, rule. that would be so it, cool. Like, hurts my heart. Spiritually, this I... is the ladies who lunch number of the, yes. of the show. <laughs> yeah, it is. It does feel like it really lets loose. I really enjoyed that part. And I liked that everyone also looked like they were dressed up from the Capitol and Hunger Games. And absolutely really doing kind of like a, you know, a swimsuit look with the uh, head gap. Anytime the movie got to like escape from the aesthetic of like desert Bible, like Superstar is so good for mm-hmm. this and oh song when like you get to see people doing like other stuff than just earth tones in, yeah. in the dust. Yeah. Incredible. The setting of this movie just blew my damn mind every time like anytime they did these huge like really long long wide shots like really far away and you really see judas isolated like in the mountain by himself was so profound and like really cool and but then also like the really smallness of it of this like hastily erected scaffolding set and that was it too but you knew that they were in this really epic landscape with these sunsets and sunrises and oceans and all that stuff I, I loved that aspect of it and I didn't expect that at all you know I expected it to look like it was on a movie lot you know instead of like oh my gosh they actually filmed this in Israel does it feel like in, I mean, obviously this is true, but it does feel like in different eras of musical theater and in music, there's different kinds of voices that pop up. Like now there's a certain kind of voice that's in musical theater, like that sort of thing. Yeah. But then also yeah, in 70s. It's a very Pascal Paul type voice. Yes, yes, um, yes, but exactly. But what I, I actually had, ri- I'm so glad you brought this up because I actually had like written in my notes to talk about this, like, what I love about Jesus Christ Superstar is that it feels like a lot of different vocal styles and 
worlds are allowed to coexist. Mm -hmm. Like the fact that Carl Anderson's Judas exists in like, yes, like both Jesus and Judas have sort of a screaming rock vibe, but like they're existing in sort of different worlds of that. And then Mary Magdalene, you have her in a sort of folky Joanna Newsom before Joanna Newsom oh, place. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. mm-hmm. and then the, the priests having the, the, I love the priests like having the, the Rosencrantz and Guildenstern thing where you're like, one of them is very tall and one of them is very short, but it's, you hear it with like one of them has a super low voice and one of them has a super high voice. Like I love, I love that stuff because I feel, I feel less and less in, in contemporary musical theater. Like that is allowed. Like a lot of different sounds are allowed to coexist in a show. Name names. I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, I will say a show. I think I, that like doesn't fall into that trap is I think the great comet is, yeah, yeah, one yeah, of the totally. only contemporary musicals that really has that where everyone sounds like they're of a different world and it mm-hmm. only serves the piece um, mm-hmm. as opposed to everyone even like this one sings higher than the other one, but they're still sort of doing the same sound. Um, what I love about Jesus Christ Superstar is that like every song sort of exists in its own world and there's pastiche and there's like it's all a rock opera but it's different influences in each song and you can hear the different influences all over it's great i was thinking about that with the king herod song because he's singing in this like kind of close mic'd way that's like very quiet for the first half of it that reminds me of such like uh 1970s singer songwriter stuff like almost like harry nilsson or something and that yes. was so cool to see that in a in a movie. In yes, in contrast with that other like huge rock star set. You are the Christ. You're the great Jesus Christ. Prove to me that you're divine. Change my water into wine. That's all you need to. Then I'll know it's all true. Come on, King of the Jews. I've listened to because we did watch it a couple years ago the the NBC one and I've I've listened to that version probably the most out of any of them and so a lot of the songs yeah have become little earworms for me and but the thing that was striking to me and I'm sure this has been there's been plenty of essays and ink spilled about this but the kind of comparison I felt to Hamilton while watching it. Uh, I do feel like structurally, wait, what? Why is everyone laughing? No, for no reason at all. Okay. Uh, yes. Uh, joy, hello, joy laughter. Um, but the, the idea, Judas, Aaron Burr, two competing things, seeing your protagonist through the POV of quote unquote, the enemy, King Herod being like the King of England, except, and just kind of even structurally, it felt so yeah. similar. I'm sure that stuff Lynn's probably talked about publicly, but it was it was so striking this time. Not in the sense of being derivative, but just in the totally. sense of being right. homage. Yeah, well, to, like to have the the royal figure exist in a different musical world from everyone else. Because like, obviously, like all of the songs in JCS, like most of them are rock tinged. But what I love that you picked up on with Josh Mustel Zero Sons performance as Herod in the movie oh, is like that makes sense. <laughs> right? The song um the song is very much like in a 40s pastiche mm-hmm. world. The sort of like it's like a vaudeville mm-hmm. number 
and not really a rock number. And what Josh Mustel brings it brings to it with the sort of whisper singing is that Harry Nelson vibe. So it still feels cohesive. It's not like suddenly, what I love about that is that it's not like suddenly there's a vaudeville number where someone's going, oh, wow, you want to, hello, my baby, hello, my honey, hello, my ragtime guy. Right. Like someone's not yeah. randomly coming out and doing that, but it is like the song itself is very much influenced by that, but you have a sort of 70s singer, songwriter type person doing that number. But it is very much sort of like the way that King George is in a like Beatlemania slash like <laughs> yeah. Rufus Wainwright world <laughs> while it's the rest is R&B and hip hop and yeah. Isn't that so interesting? Okay, I have a question for you all that no. since you're more familiar with this play is in the in stage productions, do they do the same like kind of narrative framing where like a bus of people pull up and then they put on all their costumes? Okay, this uh, is just uh, this uh, movie. Uh, no, no, no. no. Okay. And that's I and was, that's why I think the movie is so smart. I think the okay, movie Okay, tell me what you guys think that means cuz I had some guesses but I'm not confident about it. Well, the issue with movie musicals always is that it feels like a lot of film directors don't know how to love him answer. <laughs> don't know how to love him, yeah. but they don't know how to answer the question of like, why are they breaking into song? So right. like Chicago, like the way that Rob Marshall does answers the question in Chicago is by being like Roxy is imagining all of and these numbers because yeah. yeah because she her dream at the beginning of the show in the stage show is like she wants to be a vaudeville star and that's like why she kills the guy in the first place is because mm -hmm. he's not getting her closer to her dreams that was so successful in that movie that then he tried it again with nine but there's no reason that guido should be seeing oh these gosh. as musical numbers because Natalie, he's just a he's i tried a to find <laughs> i tried to find nine to rent it or stream it it is unavailable everywhere daniel day lewis's people freaking erased you it from the world find it. i really think it's all daniel day lewis's people were like daniel day lewis is like no this is the <laughs> blemish my <laughs> on my resume and i won't have it anywhere because it yeah it's 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 not great i have um, to see so, penelope <laughs> cruz try i need to see this in my life in 20 the fact that penelope cruz got nominated for stuff for that and like fergie didn't fergie gives the best performance in that movie by far she opens the movie by singing the national anthem if I <laughs> yeah jazzy and she pisses herself <laughs> yeah her two most iconic performances, the I National Anthem the and Pissing Herself. <laughs> oh, my God. oh, wait, but you were saying, oh, so but, the, yeah. the van. Uh -huh. But so, like, that's always, I feel like, the the weird question in movie musical adaptations. And I feel like Norman Jewison just, like, evades that entirely by being, like, the premise of this movie is that a bunch of weird hippies get on a bus with a bunch of costumes so that they can do weird theater games in the oh, desert. Like yeah, they can do, okay. and then they get back on at the end, but like Ted Neely died. Really I died. Guess, <laughs> like he really died. And he went in too like, deep. And, he uh, went too messy. Yeah. And only yeah, and Carl like, Anderson at the end like hangs off the bus and is like, hey, did Ted Neely get on the bus? Yeah, and wait, then the bus starts pulling away and he's like, sad. okay, I did guess. Did this uh, go too far? All aboard. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. uh, that's interesting. I think that makes a lot of sense because I saw it also as like, 
oh, maybe, you know, this story of what we do as humans is timeless and could apply to any setting. And so this right. roving band of players could like enact this in any in any world and it would end up the same, basically. Right. Yeah, which is like kind of the same thing. Like it is such exactly. a smart framing device. Yes, that answers the question that no one else would. And there's and there are like very extreme adaptations of this. There was a 2012 version with Sporty Spice and Tim Minchin. And uh, what's his name? Not Robert Forster, the character actor. Ben Forster as Jesus Christ. And it was an Occupy Wall Street riff. You can you mm-hmm. can rent that on iTunes. Like oh. there's very extreme versions. There was also a canceled arena tour version uh, with JC Chazé from NSYNC <gasps> and Michelle Williams from Destiny's Child, I believe was gonna be Mary Magdalene. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Um, that I was really excited about, and then it got canceled because ticket sales weren't high enough. But um, oh, yeah, but I think I think JC I think JC was supposed to be Pontius Pilate in it, and oh, which is okay. also Pontius Pilate underrated part of JCS that really like I oh, yeah. love more and more when he's like, "Don't let me stop, you're great." <laughs> Very, very few skips in this musical for as, yeah, as much as it's really like no nonstop bops. Mm-hmm. Everything's all right. Everything's all right is a really fun thing to sing to your dog or baby <laughs> if you have a baby. But I like to sing it to my dog when she's in my arms. at the same time. I know. We're both yeah. at the same time. Yeah, so not to be time. like one of those like dog mom fur baby people. But, <laughs> no, I'd say lean into my, it. I love, he can't go I love to sleep to, unless I, I sing it to I love to hold my him. dog like a baby and sing everything's all right. Start this, the dog and Instagram account and all the stories are you singing different musical numbers to him. <laughs> yeah. Would watch. That's what everyone needs now. Would watch, would subscribe. <laughs> Um, I also really like the hot cops in their purple tank tops. That that was cool. Hot cops. Yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah. And uh, yeah, this whole movie was very sexy a lot of the time. I mean, if you could have a crop top on, you were you were wearing a crop top, and everyone is like a stick and is just dancing so hard in that desert. And I really <laughs> felt for them out there. I was oh like, oh my they god, must be yeah, so the sunburned. Simon Zealots number. They're really going all out and yes. all I could think yes. was like how love hot that. was it that day like I could never but kudos you could tell they were you. like into it though you know in like a way where like this is so severe but this is like my art and what I there's love there's so you know? much like of 70s musical choreography that is as if the choreographer is on fire trying to put themselves yeah. out and it, <laughs> yes. is, it is done at that velocity and pace yeah. um, including I'm wondering number. if you noticed one of my favorite parts in the song Strange Thing Mystifying no. um, which is that which Simon is that? gets up and there's you know how sometimes in movies there's like something that's clearly sort of an ad lib from a lesser cast member that's like not the focus of the moment but it's like the jaws thing of like 24 hours is like three weeks um there's a moment (laughs) like that here we're in the middle of strange thing mystifying simon gets up when judas is like mystifying that a man like you could waste his time on women of her kind and everyone's reacting to this and simon goes forward and goes hey cool it man (laughs) (laughs) and it's just one of my favorite things in the world women of her kind So good to me. I will watch it a million times. 
It's so 70s. He was thinking of the character perfect. and what he would say. I would have done that. Yeah. I would have tried to make my mark. Now, <laughs> yeah. you, you may be wondering, I mean, so much of the Christian response to this, like it, like how the Christian church, it's so boring. It's like what you think it is, where it's like everyone's pissed because it's not the Bible. And then like, oh, it's actually kind of fun. Just kidding. We're mad again. Wait, I don't want Jesus to be sexy. Not like it's all that stuff. But what I did find fun was... Um, taking to YouTube this afternoon and just trying to find a few takes of <laughs> what some Christian vloggers out there do think of this movie in the Kevin, 21st century. I don't century. think this is fair. This has 16 views. This is a girl in a playhouse. <laughs> like this is, this this is, is the a child good in her stuff. backyard, Kevin. This, this is not a vlogger. This, this is, is the a, most like, pure. It's literally Christian kid. reviews Jesus Christ Superstar. She <laughs> okay. wants us to watch it. I'm not going to say her name. Okay? You know, I don't, no negative press, all good vibes, good vibes only. On GCI. I like seeing that you have my IMDb page up, Kevin. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that's really that's gonna get me higher up on the on the list. The star meter is climbing. The star meter is climbing. Wait, I want to know what this tab is. Is it okay for a? I want to see that one. For, yeah, let's find out. The end of that. The, the Quora prompt is: Is it okay for a Christian to watch Jesus Christ Superstar? <laughs> <laughs> I have to admit it. I've never seen him myself. But I'll let you in on my method for deciding whether I participate. Would watching this improve or hurt my relationship with God? I believe you can only answer that question for yourself. That's true. That's Be true. careful of rationalization. That's something that I'll take with me forever. Incredible. Be careful <laughs> of rationalization. I love the hand-wringing that, um, that occurs when things like this come out. But I do I do want to just play a little yeah, bit of, of this professional vlogger who just happens to have 13 views. This whole making him attractive, I don't know if that's to appeal to a larger audience, to an audience who doesn't understand that the beauty of Jesus is not how attractive he is as a human, but his personality and the fact that he's God. See, making him attractive on screen kind of defeats the purpose. It makes people realize, oh, that's why Christians are are Christians, because... Jesus is so hot. No, it's so much more. It's because of how he changes our hearts and how he makes our lives better and how he makes us his servants and his children. This really big, complex, wonderful relationship that has nothing to do with how attractive he is as a human. I also think they do this, especially in Jesus Christ Superstar, because of the whole Mary Magdalene thing. I know Jesus oh. Christ Superstar is not the only thing to do this with Mary Magdalene, but for some reason she's like Jesus's girlfriend. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that. Um, Mary Magdalene was this woman... Alright. <laughs> Dang. She, it just sort of sounds like she had a crush on Ted Neely and was like really having trouble reckoning work that with out. it. Wait, I don't think Jesus is hot. I think he's he makes me my his servant. It's not it's not about this. We're focusing on the wrong things. And we're about to get into a slut shamey thing with Mother Mary. Oh, we got one from God oh, Questions good. Ministries. Is the rock opera Jesus Christ Superstar biblical? And let's see how they answer that question. When a story is retold, a certain amount of interpretation is required. The author's ideas, presuppositions, and opinions are interjected. In this retelling of Jesus' passion, the characters and motivations of both Jesus and Somehow Judas that never happened with the writers of the Bible. <laughs> Judas has the first song. In it, he complains that Jesus has been caught up in his own fame and rages over the fact that Jesus won't listen to him. All right, so... 
he had a few complaints on his own. There was one that just came out like just straight fire. Was it this one? Oh yeah. The mainstream success of Superstar is not a dead giveaway. The theology is a blasphemous mess. It comes across <laughs> wow. as a story told from the perspective of Judas, hey. who opens and closes the opera with so the first and last numbers. But even Mary Magdalene refers to Jesus as just a man. There is nothing miraculous or even caring about this Jesus. When the sick come to him for healing, he gets angry and tells them to leave him alone. When his disciples ask him about the, the true thing that happened in the Bible. He so <laughs> at the Last Supper, he tells them, for all you care, this wine could be my blood. For all you care, this bread could be my body. In his prayer in the garden, Jesus says he's uninspired and doesn't understand his purpose. He says when he was actually the most inspired there. I change my mind. And then he dies and becomes a superstar, but doesn't rise from the dead. As lyricist Tim Rice said, it happens that we don't see Christ as God, but simply the right man at the right time at the right place. Oh, my God. He admitted it. He admitted oh it. Oh, my God. He admitted wow. it. I Wait, it. while we're on yeah. YouTube, Kevin, yes. I told Kevin that I had a surprise for okay. him. Okay. And I think <laughs> now, I think that now is the time. Oh um, so, Kevin, mm -hmm. you... No cop rock, yes? I do know cop rock. This was a musical television series that lasted for a whole 13 episodes, and I want to say 1990? Somewhere around, mid-90s, somewhere around there. By Stephen Bochco. Yes. <laughs> so I was going down a rabbit hole of uh -huh. uh, Carl Anderson, and Carl Anderson was the judge on cop rock oh my God. and he did a song oh. called he's guilty and it's iconic so it's a musical cop show just to be clear musical it, cop show they're cop about serious? to break into song in the but courtroom but carl anderson is not one of the pigs carl anderson is simply a judge folks <laughs> is it time for a cop rock reboot after the summer of 2020 <laughs> I'm already in. Be the seated. Ball. There's Carl. Here we go. <clears throat> Has the jury reached a verdict? We have, hot. Your Honor. It's still hot. Oh. Buy this tonight. I think they did put it out, but now Carl Anderson starts singing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. the end is coming. I was abused as a child. I was confused in every way. Now you got some hard time coming. He didn't know right from wrong. To you, my dear. I want to make it clear I want to thank the jury And I'd like to thank my wife Why is your wife there? What are you going to say? It's a random case Oh, even his lawyer 
Please are singing it. Oh no. Well, this straight up rules. Thank you, Natalie. What a yeah, gift. Yeah, Natalie, that's <laughs> gonna Absolutely. be something I think about I only because after I saw after I saw that uh, video, I immediately went to Twitter and was like, "Cop Rock, who do, like people you follow?" I searched for tweets about Cop Rock from people I follow, and I saw that you had one tweet about Cop Rock, and I was like, "I have to let Kevin know on the pod that Carl Anderson did a gospel number on Cop Rock Crazy. as the judge." I I hate to ask what the tweet was. Was it me saying in like 2009, "Cops Rock"? <laughs> I love the law enforcement. <laughs> I think cops are awesome. No, it was about Cop Rock the show. Oh, it was like God. it was like something cops about rock. how you love campy Cop Rock oh, TV show, okay, not the Cop Wait, Rock. did I did have a did pro Carl... NYPD tweet I had to delete from like 10 years ago. Of course, Oops. of course. Oopsie. Yep. Um, did Carl Anderson like have a really good career as he deserves? Not in He film. didn't have as good a career as he deserved at all. <sighs> he stinks. passed away. Um, he oh, passed yeah, away a few, one. few years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he was in the Color Purple movie. Um, oh, okay. He did some TV, but uh, nothing like nothing that was deserving of his talent. Like no role after Judas. Yeah. Was like deserving of everything he had to offer, I don't think. He was he just so out of this universe talent. in this movie. Yeah. That, that's really, yeah, yeah. that really bums me out. Yeah, yeah. He didn't have a bigger career because yeah. he certainly deserved it. Do you feel like um, we could remake this uh, for a 2022 stage production where uh, Jesus is Nancy Pelosi and Judas is AFC? <laughs> <laughs> like do you think Whoa. we could convey that on stage really think somehow? about it mm-hmm. <laughs> this whole thing it doesn't like it is truly just an invitation to re-examine your fealty to jesus christ at all <laughs> like it is just like yeah guys judas points were made it like that's kind of the yeah. thrust of it is what it feels like yes. to me heaven yeah. on their minds is so good and like is so compelling. Heaven on Their Minds is like one of the greatest musical theater opening numbers of all time. Like immediately yeah. I am on board for whatever mm-hmm. this show is going to give me. And when Judas like really knocks it out of the park, it's like, oh, fuck yeah. I yeah. want to live here forever. Yes. Yeah. Carl Anderson doing the, my favorite part of it is when he's just, we are occupied. Have you forgotten how put down we are? And he does a thumbs down on it. And if anyone less talented did a thumbs down when they said down, I would be like, guys, stop. But when Carl Anderson does it, it's like, oh, your thumbs down is going directly into my heart. I am ruined. Never a more meaningful gesture. That's gotta be part of the calculation is that like, yeah, Judas is a charisma fireball and Jesus is just like, oh, I gotta die. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And Jesus is like Meghan McCain, like my father. My father's dead. Be hearing about this. Yeah, well, I thought I was surprised by actually how like 
it was pretty respectful too of, of Jesus and yeah. I and that it didn't really take a stance either way of right. whether he was like divine or just this guy, you know, who got right. too popular for like for his well, ability I to think- handle it. And so I thought I was like, hey, you know, I feel like actually you could watch this as a Christian if you're not like super guarded and like ready to chop down every little like deviation from the Bible. You can actually see a lot of beauty in Jesus's portrayal too. Yeah. Right. If you're not a person that like your faith is contingent on Jesus being perfect always, then like, I actually think it would draw you more to Christianity because like this show shows you, yeah, you, it shows you like, no, he wasn't like a perfect robot person, like an animatron of just like, yeah, do whatever. Because like, Gethsemane is literally him struggling with like, why are you making me suffer to do this? Like, why am I not reaping the benefits of nepotism? <laughs> like, why yeah. do I have to be literally <laughs> nailed on a else. cross? And yeah. like him dealing with that, Gethsemane is an entire like mad scene of like, why the fuck do I have to do this? I'm having a tantrum. I'm having a breakdown. Yeah. Okay, if this is the plan, then I guess that I will do it. And then the rest of the show is him being like, I am submitting to the plan, even though I know it sucks. And I had a whole tantrum about how much it yeah. sucks mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which wasn't something that the play made up, you know, like that is right. how it went down for Jesus, that he really did plead with God in that moment. And like, you, yeah, like you pointed out, like it really does humanize the human parts of Jesus in this play. And you don't have to like hate him or love him to like really feel moved by him in this, in this movie. Yeah. Well, because too, it's kind of the same way that the last temptation of Christ is so appealing is if, you know, the Bible says Jesus is fully God, fully man, like whether you believe that or not, but okay. Like interrogate the fully man part in the sense of like, Mm -hmm. he was pissed. He broke shit at the temple. He was mad. He was scared. He hated, he had to do this crap, like all that stuff, like do it. Like, Mm -hmm. what is that like? And yeah, yeah. So I think and it's so interesting. The 39 lashes part is so effective and horrible. And I think like the 39 lashes in this does in like two minutes with the passion of the Christ, like spends two, like almost three hours and like makes you want to vomit watching, mm-hmm. which is just like when you're actually w- watching someone in real time get 39 lashes, even if you even if the production values of this are such that you're like, everything is cardboard, they're in the desert, they're like wearing sort of cheap polyester costumes, it, you have like a visceral response to it. Even at theater camp, watching a boy whose voice hadn't changed yet, who like wasn't good in the show playing (laughs) Jesus, like you're starting, when the 39 lashes start, you're like, we're at theater camp doing a dumb show. And then, just like rhythmically the way that that mm-hmm. orchestration builds by the end of it you're like oh my god stop like yeah. it's horrible deeply to uncomfortable yeah be there for it. and it's like it's so effective and so good mhm yeah that all that injustice um, I have to admit that towards like the last quarter of the movie, it was dragging a little for me. I was just skipping ahead, and but the payoff of Jesus Christ Superstar happening, I was like, this was all building to this, and that yeah, it always is it for me. Like, oh yeah. my god! Like Judas coming back in his ghost in outfit his with all the oh. fringe, yeah, and just like. And all of his Jesus ladies for, is like, like half 
like you did this wrong. women doing yes, their yeah, or like doing their, their like dresses. Absolutely. Just like, oh, oh, it was it was so fabulous, and the sparkle lights, you know, that are like twisting as you're going, like very seventies. But I was like fully delighted, fully excited, and loved that part. And of it. it's Whenever very rare that a musical a like saves its best banger for the very last too. Yeah, like, it's yeah, usually that's like, a good point. Uh-huh. I have been chained by. Like it's always like some sort of like molassesy denouement at the end. Right. Yeah, yeah. And, and I know like it's basically it with the like actual violence to occasionally have a flash mm-hmm. during that song of like it's glitzy, it's fun, it's a bop, and then just a flash of like what's happening to Jesus at this point, and then going yes. back to like the whiplash of that is so yes. well it's executed. Really it's effective. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I played. I I was right in their hand in that moment. I mean, they're doing full glamour, and I was loving it, and I was dazzled. It was great. Yeah, and and again, another Judas song. Like, I'm not gonna be mad. Oh, gracious. Well, um, I think it's time for rating this thing and uh, get into our final thoughts. The way this works, Natalie, is we give it a holy toast or holy roast. Holy toast. We send this mu- uh, movie all the way to heaven. Holy Roast, we send it to where Judas is going. Maybe not. Or if we're not sure, we can put it in purgatory, a la the space between. And we start with Caroline. Oh, what a what an absolute treat. I really enjoyed this. Um this is one of those things yet again on the show where like people are really steeped in this and like it means a lot of different things now. But I was coming from this like pretty much fresh basically and I was blown away how beautiful this movie was and how good I mean it's campy but I thought it was just going to be like campy bad campy you know and just like this is aged poorly but it it is sweeping and like really beautiful and extremely good talent on it and so toast to the stars hey toast to the stars we turn to Natalie Absolutely. Toast. Holy toast for <laughs> Juice Christ Superstar. Full of bops. Incredible performances. Yeah. Across the board. Like, Ted Neely, I feel bad that it seems like I liked Ted Neely's performance less than I actually do. It's just that Carl yeah. Anderson is so bonkers compelling in this and so unassailable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, Judas's songs are just my favorite always but like Ted Neely is fantastic I think everyone every performer in this movie is just unbelievable and like a perfect freak and I love this is my favorite recording of this score that I love so much like I just I love this absolutely toast it and revisiting this movie I haven't watched it in full since high school and revisiting this movie I'm like I really think this is in my like top movie musicals of all time. I think it's like a really fantastic adaptation that doesn't try to add too many bells and whistles and just sort of is a great encapsulation of what makes this show compelling. Yeah, it's a pretty light touch. It's not too overly conceptual. It's just enough like Mm -hmm. with that framing Mm -hmm. of it. Uh, Yeah, again, toast to the heavens, baby. Good grief. What a fun musical. What, like, a fun musical for a musical that is truly a bummer that ends with the death of Jesus and no resurrection and then roll credits, but still a blast. The silent credits also. I forgot about that part. Yeah. Yeah. It's the wind blowing. Freaking Mm -hmm. crickets. But we're not the final word. Go to Christian Fun Pod. You can give it a roast or a toast yourself. Get out there and... Pokemon, go to the polls. 
did it, Joe. I like that Kamala sandwiches our podcast right now, which is yeah. lovely. Bookends. And her Kamala's the bus. Kamala's the bus. She's, She's the, the bus. bus. All aboard the Kamala train. It's leaving the Choo station, choo. choo Lace choo. up your converse. Let's go, girls. Deck the halls with smart, strong, smart women. Kamala la la. Oh, la, no. La, la, not, la. not this. All right, we're bringing it down now, Hillsong style, I guess, <laughs> which means unzip your pants. We're dimming the lights. We're lighting the candles. <laughs> we're putting arms around each other. And Natalie, on other shows, you may promote yourselves or plug your project, but we're not here to do that. We're here to lift them up to the Lord. And we start, as per usual, with Caroline. Please send your truest and sincerest prayers to at Caroline's Farts, you know, on Twitter, on Instagram and such. Um, something that is, uh, speaking of transcending, for me, uh, I'm not exaggerating when I say that I have listened to pretty much only Yellow Brick Road by a singer named Yola on repeat a lot, a lot, a lot. It is so good. She is amazing. I, I don't think she's very um, popular right now, and she should be. So go give her a listen. She's great. Got a good album, too. Okay, Yola. We'll turn it to Natalie. Thank you, Caroline. Natalie, what are you lifting up today? I'm lifting up... Uh, I'm lifting up two other musicals i'm lifting up one very related to this the prom uh the prom which is it's from 2004 and my friend jenny jaffe introduced me to it last night when i had been talking about watching jesus christ superstar again it's called ad slash bc matt berry from what we do in the shadows uh did it for the bbc for some bbc like fundraiser thing in 2004 and it is a Jesus Christ Superstar parody that's like 25 minutes, but it's about the nativity from the point of view of the innkeeper. And oh it's Matt, Matt Berry, Richard Ayoade, uh, Matt Lucas, like tons of incredible, incredible British Ooh. comedy legends. And it's so funny and it's so specific a parody of JCS that it's a really good companion piece to this. And oh, my uh, my less related, but still has a lot of religious themes uh, recommendation is there's a musical called A Strange Loop written by Michael R. Jackson. It won the Pulitzer Prize for drama last year. And it is unbelievable it's a it's a semi-autobiographical musical about a musical theater writer who's dealing with being black and gay and having family that's hyper religious and are telling him he's going to hell and okay my life it's uh it's incredible and all of the songs all of the songs are just unbelievable, and Larry was the star of that, and you can hear him on the on the cast recording hey. if you if you go Larry. and find that, and it's just it's really really fantastic, terrific, and and you said where oh, people and where can, people can find you yeah oh yeah people you. people can follow me at nwalks everywhere everywhere one of the greatest I'm, follows around don't be shy a must lift follow. yourself a up must come on. Yes. You're not shy. Okay, there she is. <laughs> Thanks, Natalie. You can lift me up at Kevin T. Porter. I'll freaking lift up uh, 
one of my favorite internet sketches by a group called the Sunday Service, which is not the Sunday Service Choir, the Kanye West uh, operation where they didn't actually get paid or whatever the hell happened. But the Sunday Service is a sketch group from Canada, and they they put up one sketch uh, starring one of their members in which he dances to the Becker theme song for one hour straight. <laughs> 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 and it is... Uh, uh, unlike the Imagine video, it does transcend. So please check that oh. out. Very funny. Yes. The Becker theme song, which if you paid any, if you paid the composer of that theme song to hum it, he wouldn't be able to. And this man <laughs> dances to it for an hour. So please watch that on YouTube. You can lift us up at Christian Fun Pod everywhere. You can go to patreon.com slash good Christian fun for more good Christian fun. And you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Every review you leave, we donate a dollar to charity. And this month's charity is the Sela Neighborhood Homeless Coalition. Natalie freaking Walker. Thank you so much. Natalie, thank you. For joining uh, us on the show, pal. Thank you for bringing oh. your Y'all, passion to the show. this is a blast. Show. I'm sorry. I realized that in the email you were like, it usually goes like 70 minutes. And then I was like, oh no, I have too much to say. That email is a lie. It always goes like 90 at least. <laughs> <laughs> That's no, for this yeah, is our what guests we that want. would like to get out. We're just yeah. hanging out, and there's nothing left to say except for an off pot people. This was a blast. It's a blast, and hey. amen. Oh my god, I interrupted your <laughs> Keep It Crispy at the end. Yeah, but I did keep just want to say, Kevin, Wait a, minute. a delight to see you, and Caroline, so lovely to meet you. Caroline, is so that our Keep It Crispy? Oh no. <laughs> Shut up. No, it's not. It's totally different. <laughs> it's totally different. All right, let's go out with maybe the most iconic performance of uh, Gethsemane. Uh, Here we go. I die. Can you show me now that I... No! Oh, no, no, no. No, thank you. All right, we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Wait, is, why is it, why is it a star of David? Is this like a... No, no he's like a little thing? sheriff, I think. He's, oh, okay. <laughs> it's not I'll die. I don't know. Maybe that in the context. Oh, my voice went. Sorry, quarantine's not been kind uh, to my voice. Uh, it's me, Amy motherfucking Grant. I'm back, baby. Oh, man, 2021. We're really doing it, doing it, y'all. Oh, Vince and I have been driving each other a little crazy during the court core. I uh, saw my friend Smitty get up to some shenanigans where I was like, Hey, what the fuck is this shit? Uh, I did not. I did not reach out to him though. You know, maybe that's my bad. Maybe I'm being a bad friend. But anyway, remember, I I used to do this. I used to do these outros where I'd tell you what Kevin and Caroline are talking about next week on the show. 
So Kevin and Caroline have des- designated me as an essential worker for the podcast. And I'm back at it again because it's possible they got a little bit ahead of schedule and they can finally start doing these outros again because they actually know what the heck they're talking about uh, more than one day in advance of an episode coming out. So next week on GCF, Kevin and Caroline are doing a singles ministry episode. And what's that song going to be? What's the single going to be? It's a song called Holy uh, by Justin Bieber and Chance the Rapper. Two uh, of the most famous Christians right now. Hey, welcome, boys. I've been here for a while. Uh, so they're going to be talking about that song, Holy. Uh, y'all should definitely watch that music video. It's real good. Uh, I continue to do this on a volunteer basis. Uh, Kevin Carroll, I have not offered any compensation while still declaring me a frontline hero for recording these from my home studio. Even though it does kind of sound like I'm recording them on an iPhone, I'm not. I, I'm actually recording it in a studio to make it sound like I'm recording on the voice memos on my iPhone because that's what personal audio connection is. It's intimacy in podcasting. So that's Holy. That's next week on GCF. Amy Grant wishing y'all a happy 2021. Blessings up. Uh, you know, let's hope... The inauguration goes okay today uh, as this comes out. And uh, pod bless Amy motherfucking Grant over and out. That was a HeadGum Podcast.